Hello everybody and welcome back to Bigger on the... <coughs> wrong. On this week's show we talk about Stephen Moffat talking about Chris Chibnall. Chris Chibnall talks about the Doctor Who Christmas special and the Centenary special and if Peter Capaldi really is finished with Doctor Who. I'm the Doctor. I'm a time lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castelbrus. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a doctor, but I am. I'm a doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? Hello everybody and welcome back to Bigger on the Inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watch Along podcast. I am Harry, joined as always by Tim. How are you, Tim? Hello, Harry. Very well. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I've never been better. That said, I did just smash my knee up. We've also got some new recording software that's very distracting because it, it... it does the little wavelength thing that tells yeah. us what our voices are. We don't know like. if we're being too quiet or too loud. Well, apparently loud. if these go... If I go like this! When it oh, goes like that, that that's the, too loud. The big chunky boys, we don't want that. No, no, we no. want a little modest... That's, exactly, yeah. That's what audio looks like. It looks like oopada boopada. Oopada boopada. Oopada boopada. Um, I'm slightly thrown because we've got the new audio software all just staring at it. Yeah, it's kind of that's the only thing we can talk about now. I think we should just do the. Can I throw a t-shirt over it? I guess I was going to suggest that we just change our podcast to a Audacity audio watch along where we just watch our own audio and comment on it. So I really like the bit where I went boopity, boopity, and the uh, wavelength did the thing. There we go. Oh, hopefully that should be okay. Yeah, so now we can talk to about Doctor Who and shit. Without... Doctor, Doctor Who News, here we go! Well, first of all... Don't stop, won't stop! Don't never stop, stop rocking! <laughs> first of all, we just need to give a huge thanks to all of the views on uh, last week's podcast. I believe that as of today, it has hit 1,000 views. It's our most viewed podcast. Yeah, as in in terms of the regular podcast installments, which is kind of insane. I remember when like 100 views felt like a big deal. Yes, yeah, I do, yeah. I don't know why it's got so many views, because it's nothing we haven't spoken about before. I'm just I trying to have a look now. I guess it's just because Doctor Who is on TV right now, so there's more interest in the show. I hope so, yeah. 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 Well, I don't. I, I sort of I don't hope so. I hope it's us and our, you know... <laughs> Charisma. Oh, also, apologies to the Spotify and iTunes listeners because I uploaded an hour and a half's audio, but there's nothing on it. Oh, so you couldn't actually hear anything. So I feel that's maybe why the YouTube one's got more views because people everyone are migrating to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another thing uh, you know more about this is um, something the Whovian Choice Awards. Ah, oh, yeah. Here we go, guys. We've been doing this for a, a, over a year now. We haven't made a single penny or won a single award. That That's going to change, Harry. It's going to change. It's going to change because change. Uh, the Whovian the Awards are a yearly Whovian Awards ceremony where YouTubers are like are nominated for awards. And I think we've said in the past that we're not YouTubers. But we kind of are. I know, but we, we don't cosplay. We don't dress up. Yeah, but I think if you compare... I mean, we're not like, you know, up there with the big boys or anything. But Greasy Spoon. Who's Greasy Spoon? Is that one of the big, big ones? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I only know, like, Mr. Tardis and the Greasy Chaser. Spoon. But, you know, we're up there with those, but I feel like we're, like, the tier below. You right. know what I'm saying? But we want to we wanna win the award for best podcast, I think it's called. Yeah. 
I was also best host as well. Oh, I didn't vote for best host. Oh, do we? Do us I together, did... Tim and Harry. Brackets bigger on the inside. Mm. The links in the description you got. You fill that Google form out. You don't even have to fill the full thing out as long as you put bigger on the inside as the very last option. Cool. You'll be okay. Yeah. Because we want to win. Nobody knows who we are, and quite frankly, I want to ruin the awards. <laughs> Why would that ruin? Would we have to like accept anything? I think we'd have to pre-record a video saying like "thank you." I'd get my ass out. Oh. On on but on camera. On camera. <laughs> would you get a camera and set it up just for that? And I'd write "thanks" on my ass. Oh. I'd get you to write it. I I don't really want to write on your ass. Right, you, can, you can clean it off. <laughs> Please don't vote for us, please. <laughs> this is the award content. This is it. This is the clip or show. This is the clip? Yeah. Oh, no. I feel like we should do and say something funny or interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to win. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hello there. You caught me in my local public library. I was just catching up on some of the mail and feedback we've been getting from some of our listeners. Let me read this one to you. Clickbait trash comes from Andrew Lawless again. We always love getting your mail, so keep sending it across in the comments, Twitter, and on Instagram, or even on our email. Anything else? Um, housekeeping to start with. Yeah, well, now uh, the next thing is we're going to jump into our... There's a bit more housekeeping, uh, but you want me to do these bits that you've put before? Yeah, do it in order, yeah. Yeah, so next up we're going to talk about the newest episode of Doctor Who Flux. Once Upon Time. By Chris Chibnall. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, do you want me to go first? Harry, what did you think of the episode Once Upon Time? Now, I'm going to first of all say I have no idea what any of the online discourse is for this episode. I don't know if people loved it, if people despised it, or I don't know what people are saying about Would this episode. Would you like me to read the poll results out for the Twitter poll I put up? I mean, you can do. Okay, um, yeah. I have no idea what people thought. Go on then. I'm just going to say that for me, I think that this is the best episode of Doctor Who that Chris Chibnall has ever written. What? Seriously? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was really good. I really, really like this. The best episode ever? That Chris Chibnall has ever written. I know, I heard that, but yeah. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I think it was really good. I Too really fair, enjoyed it. Who wrote Kablam? That wasn't That wasn't him. Chris Chibnall. Uh, you're probably right then. I really liked this episode. I thought it was... Uh, I thought, like... <laughs> Obviously, there was the, a similar thing. I wasn't expecting after, you know, things got a bit more manageable and more of a Sontarans for us to then go kind of even exceed how much stuff was going on in the first episode with this. Like, a lot of stuff was going on. It was all our sequence. But by the end, I felt all pulled together. I thought it was a really effective way of giving us kind of just background and context on these characters giving us some clearing up stuff, giving us some new points of intrigue with the whole stuff with the Division and the Ravages. I am listening. I was going to go across my window. Um, I just really like this episode and the way it was put together and structured whilst unconventional, I found effective. Um, Vinda's wife, I thought that was a cool character that he introduced. Um, Did they call her his wife? Well, I think Vinda refers to the fact that he has a wife in the episode. No, my wife... Yeah, he does that. He does the Borat voice because intergalactic pilot man Vinda has watched Borat. Um, yeah, cool. I didn't I, really like it. Did you not? I enjoyed it, but it didn't keep my attention as much as previous episodes. I found myself halfway through on my phone. Um, I even stood up halfway through to some popcorn. How do you think that was? Um, I didn't really... It was too sci-fi for me. Which is strange, because 
like a lot Doctor of Doctor Who is but then like I love Back to the Future but the necessary things I like about it are always the sci-fi stuff yeah like my favourite episodes of Doctor Who I know your brothers the same are the ones that are set on Earth not necessarily I guess so you've yeah. on the podcast mm, probably yeah. yeah it's like I don't know and I just sort of couldn't see past the nap effects really I felt some of the green yeah, screen was really bad. I think the stuff in the time, the time storm, I can see is that. Is that where Jodie stood around floating with those big-headed, with those big talking The Maury. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was just sort of like, ah, it's not the great... And some of the dialogue was a bit flat. And I've noticed that, I think I've said that before about this series, there's a lot of the Doctor or companions having to explain what's going on, rather than just showing us. There's a lot of... I must now go here and do this thing to save such person. And I'm like, just go and do it. And That's it, I didn't, I didn't feel that. Yeah, there's, there is a scene where I think it's the last time she gets blown away to wherever. Okay, the, the scenes with the Maury and the 13th Doctor. Yeah, where she's floating around and it's like the, the last time she's transported somewhere. Hmm. She says a line and I'm like, you could have just showed us it rather than tell us it and then show us what you're going to do. Um, that said, I did like to see Joe Martin return. Yes, the Fugitive Doctor made a big return. That was a nice surprise. Yeah. I thought it was just going to be that one little window cameo. Mm. But then they were like, no, she's in the full thing. Yeah, in the whole scene. I saw around this behind the scenes video where Jodie says how she conducts herself differently. Yes, to represent, I saw that. Like, the way she stands and moves around and stuff is much more in tone with Joe Martin. Yeah, it was very interesting to read that because I hadn't really thought that in depth about kind of the characterization choices that Jodie had made. And it was cool to kind of just get a little, as an actor, it was cool to get an insight into the level of thought yeah. that she was putting into all those aspects of the Doctor and all her tics and how she held herself. Yeah, it was good. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, I just sort of felt it was a bit, I don't know. I'm sure... I, I was confused by it, but that wasn't the reason why I didn't like it. Mm. I feel a lot of people get annoyed at Doctor Who because they don't understand it. They want answers straight away. Mm. Like, I spoke to somebody afterwards. I said, oh, what did you think? And they were like, shit. I was like, oh, here we go. So I said, oh, why did you think that? And they were like, well, it was really confusing. I'm like, well, not, all, not everything got answered. So that's why it's confusing. It's We're halfway through the story. Yeah, we're literally three episodes into a six-episode series. Mm. Um, I did a Twitter poll to say what episode the people enjoy the most and I think it's level pegging between War of the Sun Towers and uh, Once Upon Time okay that's interesting have a look where is it do, 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 do. because you yeah c- yeah it is yeah you couldn't get kind of further apart in terms of storytelling no I did, do a, I did do a Twitter poll I said what did you make of tonight's episode 10% said they hated it 22% said they, they were disappointed 27% said they liked it and 41% said they loved it. So most people loved it. Most people loved it, but, but it earlier on in the series, yeah. it was more defined that people... It seems to be leveling yeah. itself There's out. a bit more division. Yeah. Not a ton, but it's creeping in. Calvinista was back. Mm. What do you think of that cup of tea I've made you, by the way? It's really lovely, thank it's, you. This one's really nice. Yeah, it's a really nice cup of tea. Thank it's very you, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was great to see Calvinista played by John Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you watch it back, if you notice that John Bishop is also representing the mannerisms of Calvinista. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the first time I was like, I kind of suspected he was Calvinista partway through when we saw um, the reflection of Joe Martin. But when he held up like the kind of crossbow thing, yeah. that basically confirmed it. Um, so that means that Joe Martin once travelled with Calvinista? Well, yeah, she was once part of that group called The Division, which yeah. is that thing which was hinted at in The Timeless Children. So who do you think the other two... I'm um, not sure of. Do you think one of them is is it Glenn, who Glenn. was her human companion when we first met her in Fugitive of the Dune? 
She had a husband who was living with her. Do you remember him? I thought that was just old Pav kind of her disguise to keep. No, hidden. he knew who she was though, didn't she? Oh, did he? Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'll get any more insight into it. I'm assuming because this is Chibnall's last series that he will want to answer everything he set up. Yeah. Um. So I, I imagine we will get those answers by the end. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I should have watched it again. Mm. Um. I know it was a different director for this episode. Or it was. It wasn't Jeremy Magnus Strong. Yeah. It wasn't him. It was somebody else. I think maybe that's what threw me a little that bit. That it felt a bit different. Yeah, maybe. Because I know, like... I liked the the ending when the aliens have the TARDIS. The angels, yeah. Angels have the TARDIS rather than the angels have the phone box. Mm. Um, but then that, there was some of that where I was like, why have they decided to tell such and such to act in that way? It seemed a bit strange. Like, there's a scene where... Well, I'll tell you what I didn't like is the fact that aliens, aliens, angels are now coming out of TV screens and iPhones. That was established in the second VP Angel story. Was it? Yeah, the whole thing of an image of an angel becomes an angel. I know, but I'm like, mobile phones again. I feel like it's such old hack to be like, scared of technology sort of thing. I don't think that's what it's going for. It's know, just kind of I using like what's already been established by Moffat. That's true, but I sort of feel like it's a bit, we've seen it, and I feel like there's more interesting ways of doing that. Well, I expect... In next week's episode, that's next what week's we will see. Next week's looks really fun. The Village of the Angels. It looks very Human Nature-esque, mm. very Paul Cornell. And that leads me on to think, there's there, there, there's a deliberate... Spe- I think there's a there's a clickbait line in that trailer. About the Scarecrow. Yeah, where John Bishop said, did that Scarecrow just move? Mm. And I don't think we're going to see the return of the Scarecrows. No, I think that's... Or the Family of Blood yeah. or whatever. I believe that's going to be a Weeping Angel disguised as a Scarecrow in some form. Because, I mean, I'm hoping, and I know Moffat's hoping, which we'll get to later, that they kind of extend the whole thing of the Angels. Because I remember at the end of Blink, there was this whole like montage of loads of different statues suggesting that every statue could be a Weeping Angel. Yeah. And it seems weird that Moffat never followed up on that in his subsequent stories. Have you... Sorry, go on. I'm just saying to see kind of more things than just the Angels are used to there's as a, Angels. There's a cool. slight redesign on the Angels as well. Mm. Um, only slight. And I think that might be more down to the fact that they're now using a different prosthetics company okay the, since it came back they were using Millennium FX hmm. um, but now they're not they're using a yeah. different company which I also think maybe led to why the Sontaras are different and all that because this is the first yeah. series where that's happened mm. I mean I, I'm assuming it's just because Moffat took all the angels home with him when he quit because mm. we know he has an angel in his back garden he does doesn't he mm. as we went around to Stephen Moffat's house for whatever reason I feel like do you think everybody who goes around is like, Where's the angel? Can I get a photo with you and the angel? That's <laughs> like Russell has a Dalek, doesn't he? He does, but it's all like beaten up and mm. dishevelled. Yeah. David Tennant's got like his little shed that's painted like a TARDIS, I think, or something. Mm. So, yeah. It's just kind of thing like if you've worked on it for a significant. Matt Smith's got his cool London flat, it's got no nerd shit at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm far too cool for Doctor Who. I always like it because whenever you see like those little things over lockdown where there was Jodie, yeah. and she's got like the big dorky headphones on, and David's there, he's got all his mattresses around him, and then Matt's just like sat his in, lux- in like, his big luxury apartment. apartment, he's like, yeah, what up? <laughs> hey, gonna watch House of Dragons? Yeah. I think there was one point where he spun the camera around and he's like, there's a Cyberman head up there. But that's it. Oh, yeah, because in his last episode, there was that Cyberman yeah. head. I think Jenna's got... Jenna's got, like, a full TARDIS panel. Really? Yeah, she's got, realize. like, a full thing. I'm going to put Jenna down as someone who... Yeah. I think they gave her it. I don't think they she's just... like, could I have that? Mm. Whereas someone like Alex Kingston, I could see being like, could I have that? 
I always think Weiser does it deliberately steal something. Everyone does. If I was a one episode, what would you steal? I think... You'd want to steal something cool like a Sonic. But there's no way. You want to get away with a Sonic. I, I think reckon like, I could get away with it. I'd try and get like a clothing item from someone, like maybe like one of the Masters spare ties or something. Yeah. I don't know. I reckon I do you think if you just went in with a toy of the Sonic and just put it down next to the actual one and took the actual one, how long would it be before people notice? I feel like they must have like a different weight to them. Like, oh yeah, I imagine, yeah. yeah. I feel like as soon as the Doctor picked it up, they'd be like, wait, this isn't the Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the way you say the Doctor <laughs> instead of Jodie. Well, because I, we're talking about like in the future, it won't be Jodie as the Doctor when you work on it. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to say about this episode? Um, nothing. I'm really looking forward to next week. Yeah, we now know every episode title uh, apart do... from the final one. Yes, we now know the name of chapter five: Survivors of the Flux. Uh, with the description as the forces of evil mass, the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan face the perilous journeys and seemingly insurmountable obstacles in their quest for survival. Ooh. Ooh, another vague one. <laughs> it's interesting. It seems that kind of every odd episode is really flux focused. Everyone's an alien, isn't it? Yeah. So we have like flux, Sontarans, flux, angels. But then it's going to be back to back flux stuff. I guess. Flux. Well, who so, hasn't returned that we know is returning? The Ood. The Ood. Yeah. Um, we had a few Daleks in the last episode as well. Yeah, but I feel like the, that's kind of filling that Terry Nation quota. If that's a real thing. I don't know well, it can't be because we haven't had that in previous... That's true. But now we're, then we had Revelation and the Revolution. Yeah, but you get those at Christmas and we'll get a Christmas one this year. Uh, oh, yeah. Not Christmas, New Year. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm thinking that's the only time we're going to see the Daleks this series. I think we'll see them New Year. Okay. Which we'll get to. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. Hmm. Next up, we have our live subscriber oh, yeah, account. Oh, yeah, we do this every week. Yes, we've done it for the last two weeks. Because what did we say last week? We said we were... No, the week before, we were at 6.15. Yeah. Okay, what did we say last... No, last week, we were at 6.15. And you said, let's get to 6.20. And we're at 6.60 at the moment. Yeah. So... That blew it out of the water, so yeah. thanks everybody. I think we can be a bit more ambitious. Let's but say, I don't like being too ambitious. I don't want to say 700. No. What if we, do you think 680 is too... 675. 675. 15 subscribers. Yeah. Okay, I think that's attainable. That I sounds. we might be able to do that. Yeah, that sounds very realistic. Um, do, 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 anything else before we get on to the news news? Oh, the Paul Hayes interview. That's, that's right. Uh, I spoke to Paul Hayes, who is author... Of the long game, the story of how the BBC brought back Doctor Who. Uh, it's a really interesting book. He sent me a PDF copy and I've read it. It's very, very good. Um, it's basically all about how the BBC brought back Doctor Who. It's actually really interesting because there's a lot of fan discussion in there about like the the part that really stuck out to me, and I spoke to Paul about it a lot, is the rights to Doctor Who. Mm. And I don't have you listened to it. I've listened to bits and bobs. Yeah, it's basically like maybe when they did the TV movie, did they sell the rights off and all, all that? So it was all very interesting, and about how Russell became involved in the series as well. And that's that. It's only like twenty five minutes. It's a good little chat. Um, yeah. So does it, does it cover the whole wilderness years then, or just kind of when Russell started bringing it back? Um, the bit we focus on on the interview is more to do with bringing the show back, like the mm. right stuff. Cause that's that's what I found most interesting. But there's a lot of like the thing of trying to get it back on the air and the fan right. push and stuff like that. And here I am, while thinking the long game was an episode from 2005, <laughs> written by that. Russell yeah, T. Why, Davis. Why didn't he? Why did he pick such a terrible episode of Doctor Who today? But it also works. The long game. It makes a lot of sense. It does, yeah. yeah. 
I like the title. What's so, going on? Yeah. Very chill. Should we explain? Normally we record these usually about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Evening time. We started recording about half past about eleven o'clock ish. Yeah, and this is I always prefer when we record in the morning. I don't. Do you not? I don't like getting up this early to talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> there are other things that you want to put before Doctor Who in usually your day. Usually a bit more sleep. Right. Normally, well, okay, for those who don't know, I do nightlife photography, so normally I get in at about 4am and then get up about lunchtime. So getting up at whatever time I had to get up today, 9 o'clock in the morning, was god-awful. Mm. Just going to talk to you. About Doctor Who. Not you, listeners. The, to me. To Harry. I'm the burden. Mm. Mm. Um, let's do some news. Yes. Uh, first off, we have a New Year's special synopsis. Oh, we're not doing the news yet. We're doing this. <laughs> is that not... Is this part of the news? Yeah, this is part of the news. Ding dong! The news. But is that our little... Ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> we have the Doctor Who New Year's special synopsis. Some serious... It's not really a synopsis, it's more of a Radio Times write-up what they've sort of... Oh, changed. okay. Then why did you write synopsis? I couldn't think of the word. Okay. Well, anyway, this is what it says. Some serious star power turns up the wattage for the Time Lord's <laughs> New Year special, with Aisling B and Pauline McClynn among the cast. A regular visitor sees something extremely irregular going on at the Elf storage unit. Someone call the Doctor... That's New Year, but it clearly says Elf. Yeah, which makes me... Th- that makes me immediately think Christmas special. Mm. But we know it's New Year because it was listed as New Year's Day on Radio Times. Yeah. Or TV Times or whatever. Do you find it weird that Chibnall hasn't written a Christmas special during his whole tenure? Not really, because the Christmas elements of the Christmas specials aren't really the best bit. Yeah, do you not enjoy, do you enjoy like... Robo Santa and <laughs> spinning Christmas trees of death? <laughs> But do you know what I mean? And Michael Gambon. <laughs> and the So Christmassy Michael Gambon. And superheroes. But do you know what I mean? Like the Christmas element of it, it's more the fact that it's a seasonal time of year and you're just getting mm. a nice episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Jodie gets to wear a scarf. She gets to wear that scarf. <laughs> what, do you not like the scarf? I do, but it just reminded me of how much I didn't like that first special. Did you not like there Resolution? Was, there were so many characters. There's that one scene where the TARDIS was about eight people walk out of it. Oh, right, this is not good. Do you not think that many people should be in a TARDIS? Well, there's a Dr. Ryan, Yaz... Dr. Ryan, Yaz, Graham, Ryan's dad, and two others. Ah, uh, and that's why you hated Journey's End so much. But that works, because <laughs> you've got to know all the characters. These are just people you've met in that one episode. I jest, I jest. Just, just wasn't very good. The Dalek was cool. The Dalek, yeah. Yeah. That sort of apocalyptic Dalek thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then followed up by an even better Dalek in the next special. Mm, there were a lot of And then this Daleks. time, we're obviously going to get Davros, I hope. That's it says, what does it say? Returning... A regular visitor sees something extremely irregular going on at the elf storage unit. Okay, is that Santa? I, I'm... Is I, Nick Frost back? Nick Frost wasn't the real Santa, though. But he was Santa. But he was a dream Santa. He was like, it was all a dream. It didn't confirm whether or not Santa was real in Doctor Who Well, universe. there we go, so he could come back. Okay. Right, would you be up for Nick, of all the stars to return, Nick Frost as Hell yeah, I love Nick Frost. Yeah. Would you rather have Nick Frost or Simon Pegg return as their respective characters? 
as to respect well as their respective characters Simon Pegg is in the long game <laughs> Nick Frost I mean I actually have not watched like Christmas special for a long time I haven't but so I remember I very much liking Nick Frost I mean I always like Nick Frost he's yeah. a very funny guy but do you think a regular visitor is that Santa or is it the Daleks well I'm guessing it's going to be a monster so regular would apply Daleks Maybe. I mean we know the Daleks back we saw the leaked yeah. photos and Nicholas Briggs was there and yeah. I'm assuming that this new special will be the last time we see the Daleks with Jodie. Possibly, unless they're going to appear in the Centenary the special. Centenary special, yeah. but we sort of know the Masters in the Centenary special. Yeah. Because that guy stood outside with that box that said the Masters props on it. <laughs> have we ever had a Master Dalek team up? We haven't, and that's what I've been saying. That's what I want for the 60th. Well, they could do that. There we go. Both for the 60th rather than the centenary. I'd like to see it for the 60th. I've always thought that'd be really cool. I mean, I've got the story already planned out. I won't go into it now. I'll save it. But Tim's actually writing the uh, 60th. He's a ghostwriter for Russell T. Davis. Russell's actually really lazy. Uh, yeah, I do it all for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but now I've got that idea. Right. So uh, next up, we have some news about how Doctor Who is moving studios. And this is more interesting than it sounds. Don't worry, I promise. Go on then. So, in an interview with Business Live, Bad Wolf director Natasha Hale stated that Doctor Who production will move out of Roth Lock and into another studio complex in Cardiff. I've been to Roth Lock, being excited. Roth Lock, I remember... During it, they moved to Rothlock partway through the Matt Smith era. That's why he gets a new TARDIS. Right. Okay. The new TARDIS was for the Rothlock studio because they couldn't move the TARDIS that they currently had. So they just completely redesigned it. Yeah, so yeah. it was for that uh, halfway through series seven. Right. We did it. And I know that they've been filming in Rothlock for all of Capaldi and all of the Chibnall era. Yeah, because right? when I went, I got to I went and they showed us around the studio. We went on. What was then Matt Smith's TARDIS? Okay. Yeah, it was. It was on green. Hmm. So we went on Matt Smith's TARDIS and yeah, yeah. it's really cool. It's a shame that that's not going to be a thing anymore. That was the best thing about the Doctor Who experience is you could actually go on the TARDIS. Hmm. I'm trying to see where... The... It's just up the road. What's that? They're just moving up the road. Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to see the name of the studio. I'm not sure, but I do know... Um, is it already a studio, or is it? What it's an existing. Confirmed? It's an existing studio because it was where um, the, I think it's one that Bad Wolf Productions likes using because it's the studio they used for um, Pearl of Earthing. for his Dark Materials, it, yeah. yeah. And um, it's kind of I think it's like a significantly big studio. Like it has like especially and there's one especially big studio lot in there that they can do really huge stuff on, like kind of comparable to Ealing. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I think that means, if this means what I think it means, that... Um, cool the, TARDIS. Well, yeah, the, the, if they decide to use that in that uh, set for the TARDIS, they might choose to use a smaller set for the TARDIS and that for really big set pieces. Either <laughs> way, the scale of Doctor Who is going to have a notable increase. I'd, I'd really like a TARDIS set where instead of... You know, because, like, I only know this because I was there... But like Matt Smith's TARDIS, both of them, they've got like the alleyways and doors. But if uh, you actually yeah. go down them, they just go to nowhere. Yeah, so you'd like I, an intricate like, Yeah, maybe if they TARDIS. did like a full proper set. that With loads cool. of rooms. Yeah, because then you could do like cool Spielberg wanners. Mm. Where like a character comes in and you see them walking around the whole TARDIS and it's all connected. 
That'd be so cool. Yeah, that'd be really neat. To see a TARDIS that was more than just one central console room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love the central console room. Mm. And I think that's where all the action should happen. Yeah. And I, 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 I like, like the, the fact yeah. that you could walk around it. So like, kind of, I think one of my favourite TARDIS sets in terms of just like the, the, the dynamics of the space was probably Matt Smith's first TARDIS because you had kind of the stairway leading up to the main console unit, and you had a bit below and a bit above. I've been on that TARDIS as well. Yeah, that one to me is really cool. Obviously I have loads of nostalgia for the Russell-era TARDIS. That's my, I've been on that TARDIS as well. Yeah. Have you been on, how many TARDISes have you been on? Um, I've been on Tennant Eccleston, Smith's first one, Smith's second one, and then I've seen the Adventure in Space and Time one, and I've seen... The Five Doctors one? Whatever one was in Blackpool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is our, like, the classic yeah, I think kind it's of 80s a, era Yeah, I think set. it's a Baker one, Tom Baker. Okay, cool. But I, well, I think kind of the, from kind of late Baker through to McCoy, it was pretty much the exact same set, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was cool, though. Because mm. I was watching all the times as a kid, especially yeah. Tenants. Mm. And then I went around the corner, it was there. Yeah. I was like... <gasps> and when it, was it like a... I'm assuming that it was um, like like it was in the show, like half. Yeah, half. so it's half. It's basically yeah. half half. So you have the half of the TARDIS that you see as, mm. a, as a, like a sitcom, but obviously they don't have the full dome. Yes, because it's, it's inside a smaller room. Yeah. So basically, the coral pillars. You know the part where they sort of separate and go to two. Yes. Where it goes to two, it then cuts off. So it's basically, you only have up to the top of the the console right. so you have the time rotor you have the thing on the top and it stops right okay cool yeah, yeah because I know that it's, it's only... what you see in the 50th yes yeah, yeah I've heard about that because I know that um, it's only um, Jodie's TARDIS is the only TARDIS that is a full 360, 360 yeah. well, as no, well Matt as was free... the second Matt Smith one was 360 was that 360 yeah man yeah oh okay that's cool yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah neato yeah actually yeah that makes sense yeah so yeah, big change coming to the production of the show. I mean, I guess that's to be expected. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see how it looks. Mm. Uh, the next bit of news is a bit about the actor Benedict Wong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like, literally this is a Twitter interaction. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Where Benedict, it's a bit of fun. Yeah, Benedict Wong, best known as playing... Uh, basic... Prime in the IT Crowd's Countdown episode. Oh, He's the one who, he's like the elusive one who wears the glasses. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. Is he a British actor then, Benedict Wong? He's been in British stuff. I don't know if he's a British actor. I don't know yeah. where he's from. Because I, 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 I mainly know him from Doctor Strange, Strange yeah. being Doctor Strange's friend. Does he, does he play someone called Wong in Doctor Strange? Um, he plays... Is he called Wong? I think he yes. is. Yes, he? <laughs> he does play Wong. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, what do we call this guy? And they're like, hey, what's actual Benedict Wong? That's it. Yeah. And um, then they called him Benedict. Someone's, didn't someone just ask him on Twitter, would you like to be Doctor Who? Yes. And, and he said, you just touched my knee. I'm sorry, Tim. And he said, only if it was a movie. If it was a young adult movie. Yeah, that's Which is very interesting. So like a Harry Potter thing, that sort of age? I guess sort of all like MCU style. Yeah. Which How is a very actors... out there re- request that he'd play a Doctor in that specific scenario. How many actors out there do you think would like to play Doctor Who, but they would only do it if it was a movie? I guess all the bigger name ones. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. I can't see Johnny Depp wanting to play the Doctor. Ah, well, we might have a video about that on the way. Might we? Yeah. Really? You're not involved in it. Oh. 
You might be. I'll discuss it with you. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Um, yeah. It's cool. I don't necessarily think he would make a great doctor, but also, Why not? It, uh, also at the same time, I don't think he would make a bad doctor. No, he's, he's a, just a guy who I think could do it. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a very talented actor. I think everyone who works in the MCU is an incredibly talented actor. Dave Bautista? Yeah, he's a talented actor. I do you can't... think he can play Doctor Who? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really his casting Do you think type. he could play a film in which he plays a version, a character who's a bit like The Rock, but he's like a spy with a little girl? That what was that film called? Was that called My Spy or something? <laughs> something like that, isn't it? I don't know. I didn't see it. I wasn't the target demographic. It looks funny enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Carry on. What about Chris Price, the Doctor? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> There's the thumbnail. <laughs> Whoa! I'm a Doctor. <laughs> God awful. That. Got a, a screwdriver. I don't understand Chris Price. Why do people keep casting him and stuff? Do you think he's getting? Because he's, he's, James so, Corden he, he's, he's so cool. He's so cool. He's so cool. But Shigeru Miyamoto said he was so cool. Who? Uh, um, when they announced the casting for the Mario movie, the creator of Mario, Shigeru Miyamoto, introduced him. And he said, first up, we've got Chris Pratt as Mario. He's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should talk about Mario. Yeah? Yeah. I think we should get Mario as the doctor. <laughs> I mean, Don Mario is a doctor. Doctor of plumbing. Well, no, no, the Doctor Mario games. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't play video games. No. Did you not play a lot of Mario growing I up? I played uh, Mario Kart. Yeah. Super Mario. Yeah. Which Super Mario? I don't know. There's a lot of Super Kingdom? Marios. There is no game called Super Mario Kingdom. Let me have a look. Can you talk about the next bit of news and I'll have a look at what. No, I'm just trying to keep talking about Mario. I know, but I need to have a look, Harry. Okay. But anyway, um, the next news is about David Tennant. What, what's, what's he doing talking about Doctor Who? What's this? David Tennant talking to Russell T. Davis returning. Oh, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so, um, speaking of Digital Spy, uh, he was mainly promoting Around the World in 80 Days. New Super oh. Mario Bros. DS. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. David Tennant. Um, <laughs> uh, he said... I'm so thrilled that Russell is coming back to it, and I can see where he's going to take that story. There isn't a Doctor Who brain like his in the country, on the planet, in the universe. That sounds nothing like this. It's just my Edinburgh accent. But he's Glaswegian. I can't do a Glaswegian accent. Well, don't do any. Do Ringo Starr. I'm so thrilled that Russell is coming back to it, and to see where he's going to take that story. There isn't a Doctor Who brain like his in the country, on the planet, in the universe. So as a fan of the show, to know where that's going to go next is hugely exciting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and... Do you think he'll come back, if asked? He said, he'll never say never. Uh. (laughs) Also, this article is from uh, the 14th of October. It's quite old, isn't it? Yeah, why are we only talking about it now? we didn't talk about it during the week of the 14th of October. Okay, so... I didn't see nobody else do either. Hmm. Well, I guess it was kind of... It went without saying that David would be excited to see Russell come back. Yeah, I mean... There's not much to say. It's a bit of fun. If he's asked to come back, he'll probably say yes. Yeah. Because David Tennant loves Doctor Who. I'd like to see him come back. Yeah. I was thinking about the 60th last night. Yeah. I was thinking, what are they going to do? Because... Maybe Capaldi's not coming back, as we'll talk about in a minute. Hmm. Jodie, probably there's no point in her coming back straight away, yeah. one episode later. David will come back, 
Matt probably will come back, but then you're just if doing, they pay him enough. But then they're just doing the fiftieth again. So it's like, what do you do to try and separate? make it fresh yeah. and funky yeah. and hip and swag? Yeah, that's what you see. Mm. I think you focus more on side characters. Yeah, you bring back maybe some cool companions like Ace K Nine, um, Martha. Did you hear the Martha Jones trailer? The Martha Jones is that a big, big finish? finish? I'm going to no. cover the thing because I took the I took the t-shirt off the screen to try and see what the audio. And ever since I've taken it off, Harry's now distracted again. Is it, is it, it's I'm easily distracted by things. There you go. Now you can't see it. Okay, thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, it was a big finish audio thing. Okay, is it interesting? Remember when there was no Doctor Who news and we had to talk about Big Finish <laughs> every week? Not that, not that it's bad, Big Finish, but it's like There's a televised Doctor Who news. Yeah, because we were the new Who Doctor Who watch on podcast, <laughs> so yeah. we like to focus on the new Who stuff. What up, computer geeks? It's Tim here, and I'm currently sat in the tech hub of Bigger on the Inside. The guys and gals who work down here want me to tell you how you can contact the show anytime. Either it by Instagram and Twitter. Just follow us by searching for at Bigger on the Pod. If that's not good enough for you, how about sending us an email? Bigger on the Inside Pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, no, I do remember, and I listened to the trailer, and I don't really know what to think. Is it. Martha Jones going on adventures. Yeah, but like, it didn't sound like Martha. It was Freema, wasn't it? It was, but it didn't sound like. It took me a few, like, say, like the trailer's like two minutes. Yeah, it took me like twenty seconds to realize which character was Martha. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's Martha. And that felt weird, but like, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. I'm sure it'd be very good. Does I'm it... sure the writing's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure once you listen to it, like anything, you'll settle into it. Yeah, I mean, I think every. I thought the trailer was a bit. Is rubbish. this Freeman's first time doing Big Finish? Um, no. Okay. It's first time in a while. Mm. It's weird that she's not done anything with David for Big Finish. Yeah, Billy has. Catherine has. Freeman hasn't. Freeman hasn't. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I don't know, I mean, it'll probably happen eventually, yeah. won't it? I won't be surprised if at some point I do something with, like, uh, David and all three of his companions. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm not sure how it would work with Rose, but I can see them doing something timey-wimey. Well, because the Doctor, and, the Doctor, Donna and Martha have all met before. Yeah. So I suppose you could set it around that time. Yeah. And maybe just have the time to hallucinate and then maybe get a little Billy cameo. Yeah. I'll have to wait and see. It'd be cool. I mean, it would make for a cool cover. You've got your arm on the, on the uh, protective foaming. Is that a problem? We have new foaming. I pro- you probably can't tell. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to sound like, the audio is going to sound like, Mwah! It, a it chef's works, kiss. It works better if you talk in a lower tone like this. You okay. really reduce most of the echo. But I like sitting back in the chair. Yeah. But yeah, no, Harry had his elbow on the foam that I just spent some money on. It's, it goes back into place. It does, but I don't, I don't know how often it does go back into place. <laughs> okay. I'm going to permanently dent it. Yeah. <laughs> right, so next up we have Stephen Moffat. Who? Stephen Moffat. Never heard of him. Tell me about him. He's a guy. He does some writing for TV. He wrote that uh, TV show Coupling. Oh yeah, and that uh, Netflix sh- uh, Dracula thing oh, with Mark Gatiss, <laughs> and um, That's I the think only time I've the... ever really hated my mum. Why? Because she you said hate... that series got better as it went along. She said episode three was the best of all three, and I said you are so wrong; it's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Episode one was very fun. Uh, the whole series should have been episode one. Well, it was best when it was faithful. Well, faithful-ish. It was following the story. I've seen Dracula with an iPad. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) 
What, what if what if that it was like that um, modern Seinfeld thing? What if what if Dracula modern day Dracula get iPad? Yeah. Was it Dracula with an iPad? It was Dracula. I just remember the scene of Dracula. To be fair, I actually enjoyed the stuff of Dracula interacting with modern technology. Oh god! Now I like that scene. I hate it when text messages appear on screen. That's just a that's a so trope. lazy. Just have them phone each other. But no one, the kids no one today phone. Don't phone each other. We don't phone each other. But then Dracula's aren't real. Dracula's aren't. You mean vampires? Yeah, yeah. Dracula himself is definitely real. Oh, sorry. Carry on. I'm at, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's based on true events. So the... I just got to say though, that whole series. The first episode was the three different versions of Dracula, and that he ages very quickly. In that oh yeah, yeah. I think the whole series should have been him aging, and eventually in the last episode you get to the handsome man. Okay. So episode one would have been this old grizzly into shit old dude yeah. and then throughout the two the two remaining so episodes. we'd have just tried out that first episode into three episodes of... I feel like that was more of an interesting um, idea you could mm. have really but maybe it would have exhausted itself if you used it for three whole episodes no because you would have introduced other characters and stuff rather, oh, okay. than, rather than putting them in a field and rushing up on Whitby I did like that mm. the fact that you saw Whitby which yeah. is near where we live I like Whitby mm. have you gone up all the steps yes how many are there I didn't count that's 200 I think uh as a mm. go on, but anyway, <laughs> Mark Gatiss, no Stephen Moffat, <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, so basically, this is a very interesting interview where uh, he says a lot of stuff about Doctor Who. Um, the first thing about his relationship to Chris Chibnall, brothers. They were brothers all along. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, he, everyone he was who a Palpatine. <laughs> everyone who works on Doctor Who is related. We know this. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he says. I send Chris an apology if I can't turn it on live. If I have to watch it later, as I did this week, he confessed. Oh. Ooh, imagine not watching Doctor Who live. I watched it live this week. Did I you... actually did watch it live as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do. If I'm in, I will try and watch it live. I catch the last ten minutes of Country File, mm. and, then I, and then I see Doctor Who. I mean, that's rubbish. I, mean, I know we spoke about it last week. But in what world are we living in where Doctor Who's predecessor is Countryfile? It should be Countryfile strictly Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was asked about what he's thinking of Flux. And he says, I think it's great. It's really interesting that Chris is doing it long form because he's a real master of long form. I wondered when I handed it over to him because I was starting to fret in terms of Doctor Who because everything in television is now very much more in the form of an uncompromising serial. Line of Duty makes no concession to the fact that you might have a scaled memory. You were supposed to know what's going on. And I thought maybe Doctor Who should be moving in that direction. But I wasn't sure. So I'm really, really interested and excited that Chris is pushing it that way. That's really interesting. It gets us more cliffhangers as well. And Doctor Who is very good at cliffhangers. What are all these white stains on my t-shirt? Have they been there all day? I think I I, I wasn't really looking at your t-shirt, Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh... They're coming off. So they just got the wash. Do you, Sorry. Does that, is that you having nothing to say about Moffat's comments? I didn't keep saying them again. <laughs> wasn't listening. Okay. You might want to cut out one of these. No, we'll leave it in. You, you're going to include just, me. What, what did he say to summarise it? Uh, he thinks it's really cool and interesting that Chris is doing a really long form Yeah, sorry, story. no, I did hear. Yeah. I mean, that's what Doctor Who is. So that's how it works best. Yeah. That's what he did. Well, no, because like when he did it, it was still much more episodic, lots of individual episodes, whereas Flux is one big six-part series. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's good. I think, I remember saying this before we got 
flux on TV. I thought this would play to Chibnall's strengths because he is good at long form storytelling stuff like Broadchurch. Why is it taking him two seasons to realize that? I'm not sure. It is very interesting that he started doing like ten standalone stories, and it's only now that he's moving to this. Like in a way, it's kind of people seem to be really enjoying it. It seems like yeah. the most popular series. This is definitely my favorite series that Chris has done. Um, I don't know. It is interesting that he kind of started in such a radically different place and it took him this long to get to here. But I'm happy that he's here now and kind of... Bummed out it's the last one. Yeah, it's like, oh, if start with this. I noticed with Moffat, though, that Moffat's last series of each Doctor was usually their best. Do you like Series 7? What was Series 7? Matt Smith, Jenna Coleman. Yeah, I liked it, yeah. Okay, more so, so than Series 5? It's where I came back. Oh, right, because of the 50th. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um... He's also asked about what he thinks they should do with the Weeping Angels. Stick up my ass, he said. He actually, well, he actually said that he's horrified by the suggestion that Doctor Who might remain faithful to his creation, saying, "Every time you bring back a Doctor Who monster, you should be slightly irreverent about with it. You shouldn't stick to all the rules. You should break a few. That's the way it works. Otherwise, you're just erecting a monument to the past, and that doesn't work." <laughs> Monument. <laughs> Best of 2021. Yep. Right there. Anyway, within Doctor Who, there's a dynamic balance between being respectful and being iconoclastic, really. I don't know what that word means. Saying, yeah, but what if we did it this way? Or just doing something cheeky with it? If you don't do <laughs> that... Angel gets its ass out. <laughs> that... Blinking, Doctor. I can't stop blinking. <laughs> the we Angel just slowly turns around. Just twerking. <laughs> flashes its ass and walks off. <laughs> if you don't do that, it doesn't really feel like Doctor Who. It's respectful and great and important, which are tedious qualities that should never get involved in Doctor Who. That's true. Mm. Um, maybe that's why the Daleks were quite good when we saw the redesign. Because yeah. we were like, oh, it's a little different, but also good. Yeah. I think a lot of showrooms are maybe scared of ruining it. Yeah, and you can't be because I think the minute that you, like Moffat said, hold Doctor Who up as this big, grandeur, important thing, you lose the fun. Yeah, you lose the excitement if you treat it as sacred, holy gospel. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that haven't returned. I always wonder when they will return. Like what? Sea devils. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, those golden people. Hmm. Uh, golden people. Yeah, they're like a John Pertwee one. Oh, okay. Um, some, some other stuff as well that, yeah. might, that would be cool if that if there's a lot of classic monsters that are overdue return yeah yeah. and then we get stuff like the Silurians that are just really boring oh yeah the Silurians yeah like, oh, why are they back again but they haven't been back in a while they haven't been back since I think series 8 no but when we do our series 5 videos there's a, two Silurian episodes written by Chris Chibnall yes that'd be yeah. fun um and basically, um, there's another bit where they ask if Moffat would return to the show, and he basically said no. Oh, really? <laughs> well, basically because he just said that at the time when he was working on Doctor Who. And did, 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 did he say a showrunner? Not a showrunner, just whether he'd return to the show. That's interesting. But it, honestly, when it got to that bit, he was talking mostly about Sherlock and Doctor Who, because he kind of he was working on both of them at the same time. Okay. I mean, if Russell asked him to write an episode... I feel like if Russell asked Stephen to write an episode, he would say yes in a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 I'd like to see Moffat return. I'd like to see Moffat, Cornell, and a few new Who writers. New and new Who writers return. Newer Who. Do you think we're going to get that? Eventually we're going to have to distinguish between... Classic New Who. Classic Q, New Who, Newer Who. No, it'll be Classic Who, Classic New Who, New Who... 
I feel like they'll like think of like a different name for like class new people. They call it like Millennium Who or something. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. If that becomes a name, RTD Who. I mean, we maybe we'll just start distinguishing it by eras, but then will we have to go back and call uh, like the the, <laughs> the Nathan Turner era and stuff in Classic Who? GNT. Yeah. I mean, do you see, some people do just call it JNT era, but those, those that people, period. Those people don't speak to girls, Harry. Girls? Do <laughs> girls watch 80s Doctor Who? <laughs> <sighs> anyway. That's um, a bit of news. Uh, Let's end on a positive. We have a couple bits of oh, do news. We? Yeah. yeah, and the last one isn't a positive. Uh-huh. So do you want me to do that first? No, we'll do that last. Okay. Next up is Chris Chibnall talking about the Doctor Who specials. Hooray! Uh, here he's I hope sick. he's got a cool title worked out for it. You know, like a really a title that's going to make me go, "Wow!" He doesn't have a title yet. He's just calling. So currently, the working title is the Centenary Special. But basically, all shooting has wrapped on Chris's era, and they are currently in post production of the Centenary Special. Um, he said, "It's a great feeling when you finish everything in studio." But in some ways, things actually get busier from that point because all the stuff in post-production has been waiting for you. It's like another show on top of the show you first did. We won't actually be finished until we picture lock what we're currently calling the Centenary Special. And he revealed that the scoring and CG work on last episode is yet to be completed. He did reveal, though, that um, the last scene Jodie shot was her, the 13th Doctor Regeneration scene, making her That's official exit from the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, uh, shortly we're going to be talking about the end of time part two. Yes. And Tenant's Regeneration wasn't the last thing that they filmed. Okay. Which we'll get to when we get to that bit. Mm. Yeah. But it's interesting that, they, that Joey's actual last scene that she yeah. ever filmed was her regeneration. And I think that will probably lend something to the performance. Yeah. Like the fact that that's her last scene that she's shooting. Yeah. That's her last time being a doctor in that costume yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously she'll probably come back I at some point. Say, how long do you think it's going to be from that episode area before she's started to be asked about the 60th? I'm not sure. I mean, it's interesting to think now because the 50th... It'll was, be a year. Yeah. Because the 50th was that three or four years after David Tennant left. Tennant left... January the 1st, 2010. Okay. So three years. Yeah. And so it's been well over three years since, like, Capaldi left, and yet Capaldi's showing no signs of coming back. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Yes. Well, I didn't even intend for that to be a lead-in, but it is. Let me do a funny thing. I mean, yeah, so Capaldi, it's been three years. I'm sure he's got the same mindset as David Tennant. They were both Doctor Who kids, and they both had... They both loved Doctor Who. About that, Sim. Um, in a recent uh, interview, he said, um, he should just talked about kind of his experience playing a doctor, saying, I wanted to be a more distant and alien. Looks sick. I hate these impressions. Clara! Clara! The only one I like is Eccleston and Ringo Starr. Clara, I wanted to be a more distant and alien doctor. Because do you want me to do it? No, so I can't understand what you're saying. I wanted to be a more distant and alien doctor because that's how I remember William Hartnell being a kid in Glasgow on dark winter nights when this strange figure with the white hair and slightly irate voice would open this portal to a magical world. Mm, yes. That's my William Hartnell impression. Mm-hmm, my boy. Mm, yes. Mm, mm, smack yes. bottom. <laughs> anyway, the default now is a kind of cosmic imp, which is great, but I wanted to touch the darker winter nights. 
I'm not sure whether the brand supports that anymore, but that's what I was interested in. Yeah, because I remember when he was cast, everyone was like, oh, a Darker Doctor, it's going to be cool. And then very, then almost by the end of his first series, he was... Yeah. Well, the series eight, he was kind of going for that darker thing. He was, wasn't he? Was, Am I a good man? Yeah. But then by like si- by series 10, it was a complete character transformation to this kind of like friendly college professor. Yeah. I yeah. quite liked that though. I honestly preferred that. Yeah. But I can understand people... I don't think each series was a kind of radically different thing because kind of... The ninth series was kind of this weird, almost midlife crisis thing where he was playing guitar and had the oh, sonic God, sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not like the sonic no. sunglasses? I don't like the fact that he played the guitar on a tank. That he wore the sunglasses, but I did like the professor's school stuff. I really enjoyed that. Mm. Again, uh, a great last series. Like I said a minute ago, Moffat writes really good last series for each Doctor. I feel yeah, that's and that was compiled his best series. I think. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Uh, there's also some more quotes from him um, talking about how one of the great things about doing Doctor Who is it kind of cures you in the nicest possible way. Um, so I think they're all great, and I wish everybody well, but I'm done. He laughs almost gleefully. (laughs) So, again, further kind of confirmation that he's happy with the work he did on Doctor Who and doesn't want to do anymore. Mm. That's... I mean, it really sucks, because I love Capaldi, and I think he's great, and I would love to see him come back. Mm. Um, But at the same time, I totally understand why you... I don't know. I feel it's so difficult because everything I say, I then go, but Russell T. Davis has returned. Yeah. But the thing <laughs> with um, Capaldi to me is that we've heard him speak in the, back, in the past about how whilst working on the show, it felt like this huge kind of... Factory. Television factory. Yeah, and also it was a huge responsibility for him to be the kind of the figurehead of this big institution and everything. Perhaps if he came back, he'd be able to enjoy it a bit more and be a bit more free because he wouldn't be kind of the incumbent doctor. Yeah. He'd be, you know... One of many. Yeah, one of many um, kind of going back and adding to his personal legacy. And maybe doing that, he'd feel a bit more comfortable. Like Ben Affleck returning as Batman. Yeah, kind like of. He said, like, it's been more fun doing The Flash than it has been doing any of the other movies. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Because he's not in it that much. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I think it, it sucks, right? That he's not doesn't really want to return. Mm. It's not like an Eccleston thing, yeah. Where you could understand why Eccleston didn't want to return. I mean, I understand why Capaldi didn't want to return, but it's one Capaldi's not one to return. Is one of those things that you can maybe change his mind about. Yeah, he but, seems pretty set. Yeah, whereas like even Matt, he didn't show any great uh, eagerness to return. But he's also not shutting it down. Yeah, he's he's open to it. Because I would love like. If there's a doctor I would love to hear on audio, it would be Capaldi. That's yeah, he's a great voice. Yeah, and I would love to see Capaldi return in the sixtieth, as I would love to see any other doctor return in the sixtieth. Mm. Um, it always bums me out when they don't necessarily want to come back. Yeah, but maybe that's because it still feels quite recent, mm. and he hasn't. I know he did the Suicide Squad, which was he was amazing in. And he's done a few. He's in a play at the moment, yeah. Which is in the theatre next door. He's got an album to, coming out. He does, and he, which is in the theatre next door to Back to the Future. I wonder if he's seen that. Back to the Future. <laughs> he's probably gone to see Back to the Future. I imagine Peter Capaldi likes Back to the Future. I hope he does. Well, I mean, I feel like I don't know if I know a single person who dislikes Back to the That's Future. True. I don't want to hear it in the comments either. There'll be one comment saying, "I don't like Back to the Future." <laughs> what was I watching last night? 
and the one of the characters like you've never I was watching The Office right. the American Office and uh, Michael Scott Steve Carell's character is talking about trying to chat this girl up and he's talking about a tattoo idea he had where he's going to get back to the future on his back <laughs> and like the girl he's talking to is like you've never he's, she's like I've never seen Back to the Future and Michael Scott's reaction is the exact same reaction that I have every time someone tells me they haven't seen Back to the Future mm. which is you haven't seen Back to the Future and then you invite them round to your house to watch it yeah like you did with Harrison. <laughs> no, Harrison insisted that he came around and watched it. Oh, okay. He was like, oh, that was like the thing he wanted to do. He was like, I want to watch those movies with you. Oh. We've seen one and he keeps trying to plan two part and three. Two. But we just haven't had time yet. He'll never get around to part three. Part three is my second one. Oh, I know you like part three. Yeah. I know you like part three. Yeah. I forget that, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't dislike part three. I've just only... Peter Capaldi. I mean, I feel like we've said all you have to say about Peter Capaldi. I'd love him to return. I hope he does. I hope Russell can talk him into it. It's probably a good chance he will, and I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah. It'd be cool to see Russell write for Capaldi, what he'd do with that character. I think when we get into the Matt Smith stuff, we should watch the Matt Smith Sarah Jane Adventures episode. Okay. Because that's a Russell T. Davis written Matt Smith episode. Yeah. Was that the last thing Russell wrote for Doctor Who? Possibly. Mm. I'm not 100% sure. Me neither. But it'd be cool to see how he writes for Matt Smith. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hand over into the watch along? Yeah. Oh, it's kind of weird because this is the first part two, so I don't really know how to do something different. Say the same joke as last week, but just say part two at the end. Um. So yeah. Um. This episode, this episode of Doctor Who, took place on the the planet Time, and looked like things were pretty ropey for the Doctor. It was like, uh oh, is this gonna be the the end of time? Part two. <laughs> Very proud of myself. Shut up! Shut up! Shut the up, up, up! Make sure you subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast. What's the point in having you all? Hello, it's the watch long part. Hello, Harry. Hi, Tim. It's been a while. It's been exactly six minutes or so. Yeah. I reboiled the kettle, made it a fresh cup of American Joe. American Joe? Isn't that coffee? Yeah. It's tea you're drinking. Trying to appear international because America is our second biggest audience. Wow. Yeah. Second biggest behind who? Dubai? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Dubai tea next week. Should so, we talk about this week's episode, Harry? The End of Time Part 2. Harry, what episode are we talking about this week? I just said it. The End of Time Part 2. Here's the trailer. The day is almost upon us. This is the doctor's final battle. I don't want you to die. This should be spectacular. Gallifrey rises! The Time Lords are returning. At last, we are gathered for the end. The tenth doctor's final adventure concludes. There was the trailer. Do you remember last week we edited in the trailers? Yeah. Did you actually edit it in? Ooh, I remembered. Oh, well done. Um, Harry, what did you think of the end of Time Part 2 by Russell T. Davis? It was... Last time you were saying that. Yeah, this is... For, uh, I can't uh, believe that this is the last ever episode of Doctor Who that Russell T. Davis is ever going to write. And the last that, episode of Doctor Who that David Tennant is ever going to be in as the Doctor. This is the last time we're going to ever see either of these guys contribute to the world of Doctor Who. We get, we'll get into that more towards the end, because I do yeah. want to talk about that. 
Let's start. Um, one thing I. A lot of this episode, I was watching it very reflectively, mm. going, oh, this is the last time, such and such. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed is the tone and cinematography of these RTD episodes, you don't see again. Yeah, it feel and look completely different. Yeah. To, even though, like, the Moffat era, like, it's even, it's like the same camera causing stuff. They're both HD, because I know these latter episodes yeah. are HD, but as soon as we get to them, we'll talk about that later, but there's a just a, there's a warmth to how this series looks yeah. there's a certain way like the ship design isn't it? yeah like the ship design has a certain feel to it that it does kind of remind me of childhood maybe it's just that big round shape stuff like that yeah um yeah. so the episode opens on gallifrey mm. did you notice all the crashed dalek ships on the base of gallifrey i did see those crash ships the first yeah. time i've ever noticed that mm. i really liked it because obviously this is after the time war yeah i like the fact they've just not bothered to clear any of it up well yeah because they're just they're too busy in the midst of the battle yeah that black that dark room should we talk about gallifrey yeah because it's interesting how gallifrey oh, everything is... they just put a black curtain up didn't they well, yeah, like, I mean, I guess it's kind of an atmospheric choice, isn't it? And yeah. we do get kind of that kind of council... Did, did we see the council room, the big council room in this episode? Um, Later s- on. You see the one where it's very Star Wars-y, there's all the different p- mm. pillars and podiums. Yeah. There were a lot of things in this episode that were very Star Wars-y, I felt. Yeah, um, yeah Gallifrey Dark Rooms. Razzle on Timothy Dalton, we get a bit more of him, a yeah. lot more of him in this episode. He's great. He's really good. I learned that originally they looked at trying to get Patrick Stewart... I can see that. Yeah. I can really see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was. I think that from I watched Confidential, they said that they wanted Dalton, but if he said no, I think the fallback was Stuart. Stuart being the fallback. Wow, that really speaks volumes to the fact they wanted Dalton. Yeah, but I think he's amazing. He's very scary. He is. Like he's terrifying. Yeah. And I. Uh, I guess that whole Thanos glove. Yeah, the electric <laughs> mitten. Yeah, does he make someone disintegrate, or do you just... He does early on, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then she, like, turns to dust. Yeah. I mean, it's great, because, like like you say... Sorry, not like you say, like the Doctor says, he's always spoke very highly of Gallifrey, very reflective, but when he learns that they're coming back... Grabs the gun. Yeah, so we'll get to, we'll get to all of that. Um... I'm going to say outright that I enjoyed part two a lot more than part one. That's usually the case with these yeah. two-parters. But I feel like... Even, you know how I said Waters of Mars, I thought should have been retroactive, like, reworked to be Tony's last episode? Yeah. I don't know, watching this, I'm kind of going back on that. There's something Good. about these Russell-era <laughs> yeah. finales that's yeah. so big and emotive and climactic. Yeah. So, the first time we see the Doctor, he's gagged up. He's in a chair, he's tied up. Hmm. Uh, so is Wilf. Uh, and it made me think, if everybody is the master... Yeah. That everybody must think like the master. Yeah. So why isn't everybody trying to be the master? As in, why isn't everybody like fighting yeah. for control? Yeah. I guess it's because they all the master, you know, whilst being power hungry and calculating, well, being all power hungry and a little bit mad, he is also very calculated, intelligent, and he knows that they all understand they need to work as a collective to get this goal that he's so desperate to achieve yeah. achieved. That's true. Yeah. Um, there's some great lines in this. Yeah, he loves playing with Earth girls. Mm. So true. Um, the Doctor, when he gets on gag, the first thing he says is, "Oh, hello," <laughs> <laughs> because it's. And I think that's something that Russell does so well. Mm. I'm going to be completely honest. If I get through this without blubbering, I'm going to be so surprised. But um, the fact that the, the, I think the way he writes Doctor is just fantastic. Yeah, 
The thing is, I always remember this because when I remember End of Time, usually I remember the last 20 minutes of the End of Time. Mm. But I didn't rem- I forgot how before that. It's still, the 10th Doctor isn't just melancholy and stoic. He's really fun here. Yeah. He knows his last episode, even though he knows he's at Death's Door. He's still throwing in Will Will's witticisms. Yeah. He has really funny sequences and he's really enjoying himself at points. Yeah. And that's great to see. Um, would you like to... We, in Capaldi's era, we get the Doctor and the Master and they do travel together. Mm. Would you like to see an alternate where John Sim and Tennant travel together? I mean, yeah, because they have such great chemistry. There's what a, a real cast, connection. isn't it? Yeah. Timothy Dawson... John Sim and David Tennant. And Bernard Cribbins. And Bernard Cribbins! Amazing! So okay, I'm gonna say this. Shoot me down if you don't think so. When uh when the Tenth Doctor and the Master were talking about Charming Stars, do you think there was a little bit of a ooh, k- k- chemistry it, there? I didn't pick up on it, but <laughs> If there was, I imagine it was probably from the Masters to the Doctor. Yeah, I, I felt that. I kind of felt those kind of sparks. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, there's something I really want to get to, but I'm going to save it because we spoke about it last week and I said we would come back to it this week. Yes, I know what that is. Donna starts to remember and she sort of does that cool explosion regeneration energy thing. Yeah, the thing that the Doctor says that he put in a defence mechanism. Yeah, I like stuff like that because... I feel like in future episodes of Doctor Who, there's a lot of suddenly this happens and everyone was safe. Yeah. Whereas with Russell, it's more fun. Yeah. You don't question it, but you go, okay, fine, whatever. I guess maybe because the rest of the story is so yeah. well served, and he writes in such kind of a grounded human way that it, you just buy it. Yeah. Like one thing I really bought in that was when Wilf was on the phone to her and just like his desperation. The one thing he just wants her to be safe and wants yeah. to protect her, and that. Instinct kicking, it's so good. Yeah. Um, the cactus that takes out the master, that's yeah. good. <laughs> they're uh, fun characters. They're fun uh, because one of them hates everything that they're doing and the other mm. one kind of likes the Doctor and kind of yeah. wants to help out. I was kind of surprised kind of, in this final episode, like, they just kind of abandon the Doctor at the end. They do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. We'll get to all that, we'll get to all that. And the Doctor in a wheelchair, let's talk about that. That's, that was a really fun sequence yeah. I was talking about. Worst yeah. rescue ever! <laughs> <laughs> what I found, because I watched Confidential last night, which I also will remind me of at the end, hmm. um, they're talking about that scene because David Tennant had to drop out of Hamlet because he had back surgery. Oh. And then two weeks later, they had to put him in a wheelchair <laughs> and throw him down a flight of stairs. So if you watch it, the close-ups of David and the second shots, it's not even column. It's just a dummy. Oh, okay. That, and if you watch comedy, it's so lifelike. It's unbelievable. Mm, I did not pick on that Have you seen all. the Graham Norton thing where they have that Daniel Radcliffe doll? No, I've not seen Well, that. Daniel Radcliffe was in that film where he gets washed up on a beach. Oh, um, Swiss Army Man. Yeah. yeah. And they bring the doll onto the Graham Norton show. It's <laughs> like that. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're in a wheelchair. Then they get cornered by the master and his goons. And they're transported into space. Yeah. And they end up on a spaceship and Wilson's space. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that they we still have someone who's new to all this here. Like, yeah. even in this final episode, we have that reminder of these are incredible adventures and things happening. Even yeah. something as simple as being in space. Well, it's simple as the simple doctor. As being well, for the doctor, that's simple. But Wilf is like, wow, yeah. I can see the planet Earth. Because they run off, don't they? And the doctor has to come back for him. Mm. He sort of grabs up. He's like, come on, come with me. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to have a sip of my tea. But the conversation's finished. So I'll just say a little something. I don't look very good in hats. Don't you? 
No, I don't I have don't. the head for hats. I don't either. I have to put by because um, the Doctor's stuck on a ship with Will. This is fun. This is a great scene. It's it's like the cafe scene again. Like just a scene just Bernard Cribbins and David Tennant. Should we talk about their relationship in this episode? Yes, because I get what you're saying now Last about the week, father-son yeah, thing. The, the, he, the master at the start of the episode says, your dad's talking or something like that, like mm. it's a joke. And then Will said, I'd be proud if I was. And then later the doctor says it back to him. He says, I would be proud if you were my father. And I want to get into that whole family thing. Yeah. Because I don't know how much you know about this, but the woman... I've heard things about this, and I'm guessing that was what was intended. Okay, so I did some digging online. Yeah, and the actress, the actor's name who plays that part escapes me. He's a known actor, but I forget. When she was approached about the role, she was told that she would be playing the Doctor's mother. Yes, that's what I'd heard. But I kind of get goosebumps thinking about it. But it's not said in the episode. No, and it's never referenced again. No. after this, and a lot of the stage directions in the episodes are sort of hinted towards that it could be. So there's, even, there's hints in the stage directions that it could be the Doctor's mother, hmm. it could be his grandmother, or it could be Susan. Okay. Yeah, I know. There's one. I feel like if it was Susan, they would have got the actor who played Susan. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Caroline Fallback. Yeah. What? So I like that in his last scenes where we're jumping ahead a little bit. Yes. Where he's got the gun and he's conflicted: is he going to shoot the master? Or is he going to shoot Razalon? And she... that's all happening in front of his mum yeah. and his dad. Oh, is the other person her? Well, no, because you think about it, he sees Wolf as a father figure. Oh shit! So yeah. he's got his dad at one side, who he sees as his father. He's got his mm. mother at the other side of the room. Yeah. It's amazing. And just such an effective moment when she looks up yeah. and the doctor sees her and just the look on his face. Yeah. That was like, oh yeah, that's his fucking mum. Yeah, and, yeah. He, and, and then she covers herself back up because she doesn't want to watch yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. Would you like to see... I feel like you couldn't... I feel David's doctor would have been the perfect doctor, maybe Matt a little bit, to interact with his mum. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Matt especially, just because, you he's know... He's young. He's young. Yeah, and also he's got that kind of, that kind of almost, not quite teenager, but that kind of teenager kind of awkwardness about him. Yeah. But then at the same time, you could say David has that kind of almost yeah. adolescent angst about him. So either of those would play really well off a yeah. mother figure, yeah. And there's also rumours that the woman we saw in Once Upon Time... That random lady. That could be also the Doctor's mother. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, there's the questions for the quiz. Let me square them off. Um, the Wilf. The Wilf. The Wilf. <laughs> Wilf gives the Doctor a gun. It says, you are the most wonderful man and I don't want you to die. It is so yeah. beautiful, this episode. I generally love it so much. Yeah. Um, go for it. I mean, yeah, it just really... It's that whole father something like he's just so protective and yeah. loving of this guy because it's just he's so grateful of everything he's done for yeah. him and his family and for Donna, even yeah. if that's been erased. It's I mean, I feel like there'd be a lot of people viewing the episode who feel especially growing up with that David Tennant who'd feel be feeling exactly the same as Wilf and so protective and not willing to let go. Yeah. Of well I remember David. when he said that. I was watching thinking, yeah, damn, damn right. <laughs> um, would you? I know we spoke about it last week, and you said you wouldn't like to see Will return. But at the end of this episode, I thought if the, if he was going to return, now would be a cool time to see Will return. I don't. I, Will and Jody, that'd be great teaming. But 
I also love the fact that it's just Wilf and the Tenth Doctor. That's the thing because Wilf's relationship is with the Tenth Doctor, and it's the whole know thing. The Tenth Doctor can change. Yeah, and well, well, he does know because uh, he talks about it in part one. Oh, yeah, but it's very clearly established that to the Doctor, and because of that, to Wilf, any other incarnation of the Doctor is a different per is essentially a different person. Yeah, and so it wouldn't really be quite the same person to Wilf. You know, the same way that the Tenth Doctor wasn't the Ninth Doctor to Rose at this in uh, Christmas Invasion. That's true. Um, I like the fact that they mentioned that Gallifrey's time-locked. Hmm. Because then that leads into what they do in Day of the Doctor. Yeah. I was very surprised by things mentioned in this episode, like the moment which were then brought back. Yeah. Up. Like, but they talk about like the Doctor has the moment and all of that, and... I can picture, you know, John Hurt's Doctor yeah. in David Doctor and all of that when they talk about that. So well done, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, David Doctor, that was fun. Doctor saving the day. Should we talk about the very last Alan Z? Yeah. Isn't it great? They I just re- he gives it his all. Because I remember it was coming up. And it's when he stood there, I was like, oh, here we go, this is going to be great. And he just, it's the biggest one he ever yeah. says. She it's knows great. the significance of that. Yeah. It's amazing. At the time, had Alan Z's catchphrase taken on in the way that it has, you know, it's so beloved now? A little bit, maybe not a lot. Mm. I think when I was watching it, I don't think I necessarily realised it was a catchphrase. Mm. Um, it's only afterwards when you see, like, retrospective yeah. t-shirts and stuff like that, and Geronimo. And... Yeah. Now, the thing is, we'll get to this later, but I feel like Geronimo, I feel like Moffat was quite aware that Geronimo was going to be a thing, yeah. in the way Alan Z is a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like the. Did you know? I don't know how much of a Red Dwarf fan you are, but did you notice that the spaceship they're on looks a little bit like Starbug from Red Dwarf? I did not notice that. Okay. The thing I the thing I thought about the ship was it gave me very big Millennium Falcon vibes. Really? The way that it had kind of like these circular corridors, and then when they were and when they were in like the kind of fighting off the missiles, they had the you know the gun turrets. How good is Wolf in that scene? It's so fun. Again, on confidential, I watched uh, Euros, the director of this episode. Basically, say he didn't have to give Bernard Cribbins any stage directions because um, someone off screen is controlling the pod, making the gun okay. go up and down. Sorry, making the pod go up and down. Mm. But the chair inside is controlled by the actors. Okay. So all the spinning around is Bernard doing that himself. <laughs> and he said, and if you watch combination, there's like a minute of footage of just Bernard loving it. And he's going, woohoo! <laughs> If Donna, like, is shouting all that. And I love it when he flies off and he just says, if Donna could see me now. Yeah. Because what I love about Wilf is that even though he's in all these amazing situations, he still just wishes his family were there yeah. as well. Because he's a character, he's just filled with, I mean, this is going to be said for a lot of Russell's characters, that they're filled with so much love. Mm. Like, so much love for the people around them and the experience. Yeah. Did uh, Timothy Dalton get an opening titles credit? No, he didn't. It was the same as part one, David Tennant, John Sim, and Bernard Cribbins. Okay. Um, Last time we saw that, op- we're seeing those opening titles and that version of the theme. Oh, don't get me started. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, we'll talk about Wilf. The scene where the Doctor gives his Alon Z and he's flying towards the Maysmith Mansion and Wilf says, oh, are we God. all about to die? He Is says, I'm it? not going to stop you, but I just want to know if I'm going to die. And so I thought, he was prepared to die there and by then. his side. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Amazing. So good. I get, I get goosebumps thinking about it because, like, that. Oh, man, it's amazing. 
and the doctor smashes to the ground. I'm surprised he didn't just die from the impact. <laughs> not gonna lie. That was the last scene that David filmed was on that green screen stuff. Is when oh yeah, because they finished with the green screen yeah. stuff. Yeah, I get, yeah, that's the only part of the episode where I sort of go, ah, maybe a little far fetched. Yeah, but, but it again, really well can be like region- crushed down, and then yeah. like you got up and it was Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah. But then again, has the regeneration energy already started kicking by this point? So no, it's definitely not by that point. So this is just luck that he... It's and also, had... I guess, just like Time Lord resilience from fall damage. Uh, yep. Yeah. Razalon reverses Master. Oh, yeah, the Master Plan. Yeah. Let's talk about Razalon versus the Master. Hmm. Um, that's great. It's great, and just the whole thing of... I love the fact that they resolve the whole drumbeat thing being um, a link a link and that was in place along also this can is other time lords hear the drumming then or is it just the master it's just the master because the time lords planted it in the master because they knew he'd escape from earth okay also um, just because it's my last chance to mention it or as we never mentioned it before the harpy of the time lord da 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 dun oh <laughs> no way yeah it's the doctor who theme Oh my god, it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The heartbeat of the time. That's so amazing, I never realised that. Well, I think of it every time I watch it, but I realise I never brought it up in the podcast, but that's exactly what they're going for. Oh yeah. Which also makes it, because throughout this whole thing, the Master's theme is that da 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 dum It's kind of almost like an inverse evil version of the Doctor Who theme, in a way. yeah. Yeah. Um... Gallifrey returns the whole the whole planet. planet. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, apart from that one scene where May Smith is looking up and he's looking over there, and Gallifrey's behind him. Oh, <laughs> did you pick up on that? I did not. Like you look at it, and you like the perspective doesn't quite work. Right, but it's still cool. And uh, the Doctor's sort of given up, isn't he? Mm. He's sort of just laying on the floor. He doesn't even stand up. Yeah, he just still just gets there. But he does get up, and he's got a gun. Yeah, and he points it at Razalon yes. first, and there's that really cool scene. Where the master's like, yeah, kill him, kill him. And he points at the master like, Snaps <laughs> and he's like, no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes back and he's like, yeah, kill that. <laughs> and I love it. I think it's so fun. And it, it doesn't take away from the scene, the dramatic, how not dramatic the scene is, that um, John Sim is talking over the top of it the whole time. So it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the master switching sides is good. Um, he sees his mother. We talked about that. The master versus Reslon. Um, then the master goes. He's just taken off to Gallifrey yeah what do you think happened because obviously he escapes yeah do we do, I can't remember if we get an explanation of how he escapes down the line because the master we see in World Enough and Time yeah. is a later on master isn't yeah. it the master without the drums yeah it's Missy hmm. no I mean oh yeah sorry yeah Yeah. I was like do you think there's a big finish story in there somewhere probably there's always like, a big finish story I, and I know there's loads of time war stuff in big finish isn't there yeah like time war is really comprehensively covered yeah I'd like to see that um, and then the doc- everyone comes to and the doctor says I'm alive and then there's the knocks again and it's <sighs> Wilf yeah this scene I know this scene for some Doctor Who fans they find it really contentious okay Um, I I disagree with this I'm going to say some people don't like that the 10th Doctor is almost kind of in a position of sort of weakness and that he has this big rant about how he, how he could do so much more and he has this moment where he is you can't die he, he's acting kind of selfishly but yeah. at the same time he's about to die yeah. and I know some people don't like that because every other every single other incarnation of the Doctor by the time they regenerate 
they're ready for it. Yeah. They're accepting of it. And a tenth doctor's the only one who doesn't feel yeah. that way. Well, I saw. How do you feel about that? Well, I saw that in Confidential. Russell said that they advertised it in Builder, and he wrote it as the death, not mm. a regeneration, the death of the Doctor. Yeah. And I think that's what sells it. Yeah. And I like it because this was everybody's, not everybody, most people watching Doctor Who now. This was their first Doctor, so this was their first regeneration yeah and everybody loved david nobody wanted david to leave yeah so i feel like it's kind of it kind of works i don't yeah. have a problem with it i, mean, I love it because i feel like it makes sense like of all these re- regenerations of course there'll be one version who doesn't, doesn't want, want, don't want doesn't want to go. Go. go yeah and um yeah is this the first time really that it was established that regeneration for the doctor is like a death possibly i'm not too sure hmm because the only real one I have experience with before this is Eccleston. When there, he just kind of says, "I'm going to change." Yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't act as if he is going to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what the original plan for Tennant's last episode was? What was it? It was just going to be an, an episode where he's trapped on a ship with an alien family, and he sacrifices himself so this family can live. I'm glad they but, went this because way because what Russell likes is he likes the idea that. It's something so unspectacular that causes the regeneration, hmm. which is what happens in this episode. Yeah. But he felt it was maybe slightly out to climax that you don't have the the big blockbuster episode. Yeah. Which you get in this, hmm. and then you get the just saving one guy is yeah. what causes his regeneration. So he saves Wolf. He gets in the box. All the lights go red. He falls to the ground, and he's going, Arr! and then he covers his head up. When you watch that for the first time. I th- How yeah. convinced was you that Matt Smith was going to stand up in that box? I mean, especially with that angle with the hair. They've done it on purpose, haven't they? Yeah, you could tell like they were thinking that we'd be thinking, which you were thinking, that'd be Matt Smith. Yeah. But no, there's 20 minutes left. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, fake out regeneration, always good. Um, anyway, he gets out, rubs his face, and the regeneration yeah. process is already started. And I feel, I feel so bad for Wilf here, because... He he just thinks, oh, you're fine, you're better. Oh yeah, and the doctor he gets that twice. Yeah, and the doctor just doesn't have it in his heart to explain to him yeah. what's going on. Um, so he takes Wolf home. Will says, "What are you going?" He says, "He's going to go and get his reward." Mm. And this is what everybody remembers about this episode. Yeah. I feel it's my favorite part of the episode. It's a great it's, just. It, it might lap. be my favorite part of the RTD era. Really? Yeah, because it just. I like. Everything comes together. So let's do a scene by scene, blow by blow. Martha and Mickey versus the Zontaran. They're married. Yeah, they're they married, get... and Martha no longer works for Unit. Yes, she's gone solo. Freelance, yeah. So that means that if Unit does return, they're going to have to think of a new way to bring Martha back. Yeah. Um, great. Good to see those characters again. Yeah. Is nice it to interesting... see up for Mickey, mm. because he's been so screwed over these mm. last few series. Series one, Rose forgets about him. Series two, he's waiting for Rose, and then when he's ready to move on, Rose fucking throws a paddy about it. Hmm. Series three, do we see Mickey in series three? No. Yeah, at the very end. Oh no, no, we don't. No, no series, series four. Series four, we see Mickey, and he's been on parallel Earth with Rose, but then she gets her own doctor. Yeah. So then he comes back to Earth because his grand died, so yeah. there's nothing there for him. And he comes back and he meets Martha and now they're in love. Yeah. Cool. I'm happy with that. I say, I find it funny that of the of all the actors in that scene, the one who's still in Doctor Who in 2021 is Dan, the Sontaran. Dan Starkey, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. Uh, I, sorry? I just I love that it's him as the Sontaran. It is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we go to Bannerman Road. 
Yes. Where the Doctor saves Luke. Yeah. Luke <laughs> should have been walking in front of the on the road like that. Another inside story from Confidential is that if you, Russell was always annoyed that in the Sarah Jane Adventures, no one ever looks before they cross the road on Bannerman Road. So is that a... So it's an in-joke? Because Russell was always like, well, they're just going to get run over. Because obviously you can't have a character looking both ways because it would ruin the flow of the episode. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. That's really funny. What What I really like, though, is the fact that he doesn't say anything to Sarah. He doesn't give anything to Sarah. He just gives her a look and she knows what's about to happen. And she yeah. isn't sad. She's sort of like, she knows that he's going to be okay in the end. Yeah. And I really like that sort of... It's such of... a wonderful moment from... Yeah. And, I just... and for us as podcasters, unless, apart from when we do the Matt Smith one, that's the last time we're going to see Sarah. Yeah. And I don't know what... Something about Liz Lane's performance, like, she always brings so much kind of... She always brought so much kind of pathos yeah. to that role, and she always had such seriousness and heart and earnestness. You felt like... This is a woman who's lived a life in this world, yeah, yeah. and it means so much to her. It's... And, and Russell said that he didn't give Sarah as much of a big thing as everybody else gets because her revenge still was still going. going. And he yeah. talks about how Moffat probably isn't going to revisit any of these characters. He mm. doesn't. Yeah, and so he is kind of is a final send off for all. Yeah. Them. Um, Jack is in a big old alien space gay bar again, very Star Wars. Yeah. Um, apparently after the events of Torchwood everybody's dead Yanta's dead spoilers oh I, I mean I'm not watching Torchwood no, I haven't either Yanta's dead everybody's practically gone it's just Jack uh, so Torchwood ended by this point I'm not I think there's one more series I think there's a crossover series okay where Torchwood ran at the same time as Matt Smith's Doctor Who right okay only one hmm. um, so yeah Jack with a load of aliens and he meets Alonzo yeah I'm like glad we got Alonzo back. Yeah, that's good. Bit of Russell Tovey. Yeah, that's great. Good little team up. I, I think those two have done Big Finish together as well. Have they? I think Much. so, yeah. That's fun. And the way it does... What I really like about it is I always... I don't know why, but little scenes like that where the Doctor passes through towards life for seconds. Hmm. And it's the same with Sally Sparrow at the end yeah. of Blink. I was thinking, if I, that's so cool. That's how you'd want to meet the Doctor, I think. Yeah. Like, if the Doctor was real... I don't necessarily know if I'd want to go on a big crazy adventure, but if the doctor just sort of handed you something in a bar, yeah. or if you needed a pen in class, he just gave you a yeah. cool pen. You know, so it really. And like the, the doctor's like, and also you think like he only had like one or two scenes with Alonzo and changed like saved his life. Like yeah. Alonzo wouldn't be there in that bar if it wasn't for the doctor. Exactly. Um, one that I completely forgot, forgot about yes. is the return of Jessica Hines mm. as the granddaughter of. Joan Redfern. That's right, yeah. Who, from Paul Cornell's Human Nature, who, when you think about it, is the only character the Doctor has truly loved and confessed his love to. Yeah. He never told Rose he loved her, but he told um, Joan Redfern that he did love her because when he was human. And I also like the fact that when he sees her granddaughter, he gets teary about it. Yeah. And it sort of makes me think did he still fancy her a little bit? I mean, yeah, it was a blonde woman. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Was there still yeah. that attraction? But like there, at that point, you can tell there's like his feelings about the whole thing. Like you can tell there's like remorse there and regret for how it was handled. Like he, the first thing he asks was, was she happy? Yeah. yeah. Hey, do you know what would be cool? What? A TV miniseries set in that universe. Like the aftermath of it? No, so you have David Tennant as human Johnson. Uh, Smith. John Smith, Johnson. John Smith. You have Jessica Hines back, 
and you could have like a drama series about how they got their lives together. Okay. That would be cool. It doesn't mm. have to be sci-fi, you just do straight real yeah. life drama. Because it's set yeah. during wartime, mm. you could have some dead babies in there, standard drama stuff. One thing I found really interesting about this episode is that there, there's two noticeable nods to um, non-Russell T. Davis episodes, which are this one being yeah. Human Nature, and also the reference to the Weeping Angels with the um, the Time Lords. Remember, because the, those who voted oh, they against, the angels, don't they? those who vote against the the Council have to hold their um, to cover their faces with shame, like the Weeping Angels of old. Yeah, I think it speaks a lot to kind of like how well received those two episodes specifically were. Yeah. That they're the two that kind of get these special shout outs and spotlights. Chibnall's era, we're going to get some mentions of, because of common fan theories that Weeping Angels might actually be Time Lords. Mm, I've heard that. I like that. I'd like some expansion of the Weeping Angels lore because the most we've really got is this mention of the Weeping Angels of old. Yeah, yeah. Harry, it's taken us three years, but Donna Noble finally gets married. Yeah. <laughs> and it uh, seems like she's enjoying herself. She seems happy. Yeah. Yeah. She got married to Temple Dude. Yeah. Can't remember his first name. Jeffrey, I want to say. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and then the doctor turns up, he just watches from a distance, and then Sylvia and Wilf go over and they have a little chat. Mm. And the part of that got me pretty choked up was the fact that he gives him a scratch card that he bought with the money given from Jeffrey yeah. Noble who was Donna's dad, who the actor sadly passed away between the filming of The Runaway oh, Bride yeah. and uh, Partners in Crime. And I love that. I thought that was amazing, the way that actor gets a little nod. And it all just... I also it's really... so mm. perfect how Russell just takes that what that thin strand that you'd forgotten about. Mm. It wasn't important at all to Doctor Who. But he just takes it and goes, oh, I'll put that to there. And you go, fuck yes. It's the, the one thing I really like in this episode as well is the fact that Sylvia... Finally, kind she of changes her tune about the doctor. Yeah. Like before this, when Gallery's appearing, she's like, "Help us, doctor!" Yeah, and like she's just she's won her over. Do you think a lot of that as well is because she maybe sees the connection with Wilf, and she can see what she's also done for Wilf? Maybe, yeah. And of course, we get Wilf crying and the final salute. Yeah, <sighs> I thought I thought the doctor saluted back, but he doesn't. No, and I thought a really cool touch would be because the tenth doctors always don't salute, don't salute. If the one salute he accepted was from Wilf, yeah. that would have been so cool. Oh. Um, and then last time we see Wilf, and then I completely forgot about this. Did you this. forget about this one? I completely forgot about the very last one, then I watch it again, I say goodbye to everybody, and then we get Billy Piper and Camille back as Jackie and Rose. Ah, just a perfect way to end it. Like it the we started the whole RTD series goes full circle, so you can watch it over and over again. And the way he just says, you're going to have a really great year. Yeah. I thought, you fucking are. It's and even really the thing good. hinting at, like, the way that Billy's interacting with the Doctor there, you can tell even then she fancies yeah. him a little bit. Yeah, I love it. It's so amazing. And then Ooze Sigma appears. <sighs> and um, he to sleep. Your story is ending now. And he does his little stagger. And then he regenerates. The music. The because... Murray Gold. We haven't spoken. I remember in our very first episode we spoke about Murray Gold. And basically said, we know nothing about music, so we just let, just to let you know, we love Murray Gold. And I feel it's only acceptable in our last RTD episode to talk about how much we love Murray Gold again. Like Murray Gold stays for the whole Moffat era. I know, but you sort of... It, it feels different. Yeah. It feels different. Like, yeah. This is the last time we can't hear the... Let's talk about the regeneration. The whole TARDIS blows up. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest Doctor Who regeneration. Yeah. And honestly, um, I don't know if it's just because we're doing the podcast or because just like... 
I don't know what it was, but I this was the first time I watched that regeneration, and I wasn't fully ready to yeah, see David same, go. Same. I wasn't because I remember when it first came out, I was excited for the new Doctor and everything, but this time I was like, oh man, he's he's gone. Yeah. One thing that really struck me when rewatching these episodes is how much. Is, I was watching these two episodes and how much everything around that time of watching these episodes suddenly came flooding back. Yeah. So when this episode came out, David was leaving. I was 10. Mm. So you're just becoming a young adult teenager yeah. in a couple of years. I was leaving primary school to go to secondary school in a year. And it's suddenly all this, all these big changes were sort of suddenly re-triggered by this one episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. And it was crazy how much all that came flooding back. Oh, like, I felt exactly, I'm probably not as upset as I felt because I knew it was coming, but like, that that shot where David's face changes into Matt's. Yeah. And I remember watching it last, the other night, and I was watching David's face, and I was trying to watch it for as long as possible. Yeah, I wasn't I thought, ready. I, I was wanted, hanging yeah. on to David for as long as possible, which is what Russell does. Yeah, but then as soon as Matt's there... Yes, I was about to, as soon as Matt's there, the music changes, yeah. he starts, I was like, oh, Matt Smith is really good! Yeah. and instantly... <laughs> kind of move on quite quickly. Yeah. I think, I'm going to say this, and I think this is pretty uncontroversial, I think this is the best final Doctor scene and first Doctor yeah. scene it, it, throughout the whole history. Like, the way David leaves is perfect, the way Matt enters is so good. Yeah, it's great. I feel they try and copy it a little bit with the two that follow. With Matt to Capaldi, you have the TARDIS crashing again, mm. and the Doctor being like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't hit in the same way yeah. it hits here. And then when, pardon me again, I've just had a cup of tea. And then when Capaldi regenerates into Jodie, you get the big explosions again, but not as big. Mm. And then you get the TARDIS crashing. I was just going to say, imagine being Matt Smith filming this scene. Like, should we talk about that? Doctor Who is the biggest show on TV. David Tennant is beloved by a nation. So, They're not ready for him to yeah. go. And you have to come in and win everyone over in this, like, one minute. So if we, let's talk about the production of this, because I watched Confidential. Yes. And they were saying that they everybody was slowly... More and more people were getting on set, runners, caterers. Everybody just wanted to see Matt's first scenes. So eventually they had to, like, shoo everybody out. Everybody yeah. doesn't need to be here. Go. Um, I just don't want you looking at the quiz questions. Oh, no, didn't see <laughs> um, and then, so they shoo everybody out of the TARDIS set. And then they say... Matt Smith's ready to come over. Can someone send Matt Smith over? Matt Smith then has to walk through everybody they've just sent out the TARDIS to get to this, including Russell. Including Russell. Russell, Russell he let he stood outside by this point because it's not. Was Moffat in the room? Poss- I would imagine so. Yeah. So um, same director, Euros stayed and directed that last scene. But um, the, you see it on Confidential, they film him for the first time walking to the Do set, they? and they catch. Matt meeting Russell for the very first time. He hadn't met Russell before. No, it's the first time they've ever met. And Russell says, you hear Russell's voiceover and he's saying that, I could see Matt walking in David's costume and I want to talk to him. But he thought Matt didn't want to speak to him. So then Russell sort of turns away and then Matt grabs him and they start having a conversation. But Russell says he's like in this really awkward, like looking really rude thing. And he says like, he's talking to Matt all the time. He's thinking, you're in David's costume. This is very weird. Um... And obviously, then they go. If you you've got to watch, it's the best confidential episode I think there is because of those last ten minutes. Yeah, they film Matt behind the scenes preparing for his lines and stuff. And I don't know if you've seen it, but like I must have watched that so many times as a kid because 
he's all like pointing at the camera and doing like little gun fingers at the <laughs> camera from a distance. Because I've seen the stuff of David filming his last scene, but not Matt shooting his first it's scene. Really, really good. Like you see, like how young he is, mm-hmm. and like as watch him as an actor as well. Like you watch him now, and I feel like if you were filming behind the scenes, he wouldn't really be that bothered by it, mm. and he was sort of like, "Hey, all right." Yeah. But like he's sort of walking around the town, it's just like trying to soak it all in. And every now and again, he'll look up and he'll give a little slight wink at the camera and stuff. And like, he does all like this cool wiggly yeah. stuff with his I mean, hand. The thing is, like, Matt Smith, for the most part, was basically an unknown. This is the first time we've spoken about him properly. Yeah, because like when David Tennant came, like he was known as like you know Casanova and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Matt Smith. I'm not sure what people's reference was for Matt Secret Smith. Secret Diary of a Cold Girl, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But so. I mean, he just comes in with so much swagger and confidence and excitement. They establish he could be a girl. Mm, yeah. They do. Yeah. Moffat, Moffat from the Star <laughs> era is planting that yeah. seed. <laughs> so good. And then we get the Geronimo big old catchphrase as the camera yeah. swells up to the TARDIS. Fantastic. It's what an so amazing good. episode. So good. My, God. Yeah, I really did love it. <laughs> I'm surprised um, we got through that without at least me blubbering at some yeah. point. That was a close on the first Russell T. Davis era. Okay, let's talk Doctor about this. Because <laughs> I was watching it and I sort of thought, I was thinking, I love this so much, the whole aesthetic look mm. to it. And then I sort of thought, it's all going to come back. Well, you say that. But, but it's not going to look the same. It's not. I don't think it's going to look the same. I don't think it's going to feel the same. But it'll have that Russell comfort to it. It'll have that. I think the thing that'll carry through is the thing I mentioned about just the love. Yeah. He has just so much love and compassion. Just so, it's so human and grounded and relatable. And you're gonna have loads of other characters to fall in love with again. Yeah, and that's why it sucks out because I know, like we spoke about the possibility of, of would you like to see Wilf again? Would you like to see Jack again? Which we do see Donna and all these characters. But what what I'm looking forward to is in <laughs> is in 15 years time. Hopefully, sat down with somebody else going. Do you think they'll bring such and such back yeah. from series? That's the thing. Like, we're about to get into the Moffat era, and all kinds of new characters. We get you know, the Doctor. We got Amy. We get Rory. We get River Song for the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, all of us for the first time, but River Song proper. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we need to when we do. I feel like we should. We're gonna do a series, uh, a ranking of the specials. Are we? Yeah. Cool. And then I would also like to do a ranking of the RTD seasons. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like, I feel like I don't just want to end it. No, you're not ready to like. You don't want to go. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I haven't. It's so hard to express how much I love this mm. because, like, this is to me. This is Doctor Who. Yeah. This is the Doctor Who I grew up with. When we started this podcast, I had the, the original goal was to get through all of Eccleston's episodes. Yeah, which we did yeah. easily. Because like, part of me, because we've done projects before. And they fizzle out pretty yeah. easily. Pretty so quickly. I was like, if we can get through Eccleston, I'll be happy with that. And then we started Tenon. I was like, okay, now my goal is to get through all the RTD stuff. Now we've done that. We've done that. Yeah, so I, I kind of just want to see how far. So now I want to get through all the Smith stuff. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I feel ready to try. I know it's like. Th- you know, three series of Matt, yeah. the fiftieth, and then like you know, three series. Of- I feel like we can do that. Yeah. I, feel- I mean, especially. Um, I look at it as doctors rather than I'm looking to get to what we're watching on telly currently. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy thing. Of I mean, when we started this over a year ago, I didn't think. I honestly <laughs> didn't think we get. Here. I th- honestly thought, oh, this is something we're going to do in lockdown. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, a nice thing to keep us occupied. Nice way to talk to Tim every week. Um, the way that it's grown, I know it's not anything spectacular. I know it's not like huge numbers, but you know, the fact that like we pull in 
1,000 weekly views, well, even that, in five days, 1,000 viewers yeah. is far beyond anything crazy, I thought yeah. we'd ever do. Yeah. And so vote for us in that award. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's insane. And Doctor Who's just such a wonderful thing, isn't it? It is, it really is. And I think, I don't know why we're saying it now, we're talking about Doctor Who's over, but it isn't. It isn't, it? it's just begun. Yeah, but like, the reception, like, obviously we get comments that are like, you're wrong and all this. But I generally love it when we get a comment that's such a cool idea mm. or a cool theory or something like that. Or when people just message us on Instagram and go, oh, really like the podcast. It's great. We generally love it. Yeah. Um, so if you are listening, you are enjoying it, just leave a little fun comment. Give us a suggestion of some episodes. Leave a, I know we're doing that whole like and subscribe thing. But it's more like I really I like it when I go on my phone and I can see the little notifications. And I can scroll through and I can read the comments and stuff like that. Yeah. Now and again, I'll send some to you and I'll be like, look at this jerk. I'll be like, look at this really cool person. Mm. It's lovely. What else is lovely, Harry? It's the quiz! You, you, not me. I hate being patient. Patience is for wimps. Whoa! Okay. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. We've got four questions here. Okay. I haven't wrote a question, but I wrote the answers. I don't know what the question <laughs> to answer number three is. So, okay. Question number one. Um, what street is Donna on when the master intercepts her phone call? Booger. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like... Um... Bromwick Street. Wessick Lane. What is the name of the diamond? It's a uh, white point star. Well done! One point. Star. What is the name of Donna's friend who she insults at her wedding? Ah, is it like Natasha? Neris. Ah! Okay, the, the, the answer I've got for the next one is impossible things. But I don't know what the question was. That, this sounds like like the uh, the seed planted for like a Moffat era episode. What are the impossible things? Impossible things. What was that about? I I don't know. Maybe if you know in the comments, do let us know. Um, you got one out of. We'll give you one out of three. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Pretty standard for yeah. me. Anything to recommend, Harry? Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Yes. I'd like to recommend um, the BAFTA award-winning comedy series Stafflet's Flats. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps popping up on my recommended. It's thing. I I haven't watched it for the longest time. It's been a time. while since the first, was it first? What series are they on? Uh, three. They've done three series. There was quite a gap there. I feel between two. So I remember this being on like a, a while ago, mm. and then I've seen it advertised again recently. I'm like, oh, that's still on. I'm back. Yeah, but it's. I mean, basically, it's an. You don't get a lot nowadays in TV that you get a comedy that's just an out and out comedy where yeah. its main objective is to be funny and make you laugh. I mean, obviously, the characters don't have a lot of heart. They're really lovable in their own weird ways. But it's a really funny show. I can't remember the last time, especially by the time you get to the third series, that you I've laughed so much. It's just a really funny show. I, I, It's just silly, out there. Just give a big recommend if you just want a really fun time yeah cool I know, I, oh sorry I do want to watch it looks good it Channel looks 4 good. as well right yeah it's Channel 4 well, well it's on all 4 you can watch it for free yeah but what I'm saying is Channel 4 comedies tend to be bloody good mm. in between there's Friday Night Dinner 
Well, it's Robert Popper is a co-writer for the series. Oh, fantastic! He's not the creator. The yeah. uh, main guy, Jamie Demetrio, as well. I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Channel Four is brilliant. I love Channel Four. Mm. Friday night on Channel Four is great. Yeah. Gogglebox, Last Leg. Yeah. There's like, I love that. That's like my fr- That was all my Fridays through lockdowns. I loved Friday because I loved watching those shows. Yeah, totally. Um, what am I gonna recommend? God. I'll tell you what. I, mm, I did have something to recommend. This completely escapes my mind. So I do have a backup of just mumbling whilst I try to think of what the thing I actually wanted to recommend was. Have I been to the cinema recently? No. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to recommend. What did I recommend last week? Recycling? Recycling. And then you (laughs) unrecommended The Eternals. I did. Well, what I'm going to recommend this week is the first half an hour of Red Notice. What's Red Notice? It's the Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot Netflix film. Okay, why in the first half hour? Because I've only seen the first half <laughs> So the rest of it could be rubbish. Well, I've been watching it when I go to the gym. Okay. So I watched, when I went last night, I watched half an hour while I was at the gym, while I was on like a cycling thing. Not yeah. a bike though. It was weird. Like the cross trainer? No, it's like you're sat in a chair like this and you pedal like this. Okay. Yeah. And so I watched a half an hour of Red Notice while I was doing that. It was good. Enjoyed it. Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. The Rock being The Rock. I haven't seen Gal Gadot yet. She hasn't appeared. Okay. I enjoy it. It's good fun. I watched it sort of thinking, uh, what's this going to be like? I mean, is it like a, is it an action film? Is it a comedy film? What is it? It's an action film with a bit of comedy from Ryan Reynolds. Okay. He's the, the comic relief. The, there is an opening. The opening half an hour is like basically like one huge action scene. Because it's the most expensive Netflix film project, isn't so, it? I think so, yeah. But like the fair, like you've got to suspend disbelief watching it. You can't be like, oh, this action scene that would never happen because it's just a fun daft. Yeah, you know, like it's not fun and daft as in like, oh, it's silly. You know, you just gotta go. Yeah, I'm watching an action film. You can shut off watching it, like take your brain off and just indulge in it. It's really good fun. Okay, cool. Um, there was something else I wanted to recommend. That I cannot remember. Um, was it food? I can't remember. Was something I can't remember. Huh? Was it something I did over the weekend? I can't remember. Just have fun. <laughs> have fun. Tim recommends having fun. I tell you what. I think if people aren't happy doing like their job or something, then I think you should actively try and find a way to get into something that you do like. Okay. Yeah. What brings that this on? Well, I was thinking about because I was at work the other night. And I was thinking how much I love my job. Hmm. And it's getting to a point now where I sort of look at it and sort of think, I've probably got a year left at this because I want to move away from where we live to go okay. to a master's elsewhere. Okay. And then eventually I want to do film as a job rather yeah. than photography. Man, the so, sound calls he's going to dip and move <laughs> away. <laughs> so I sort of think, oh, what am I going to do? Um, but I was like, at least I'm leaving a job that I really like to hopefully do a job that I... It's not like when I worked at Costa yeah. and I left Costa to work at Subway. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To try and find something you enjoy. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Indulge in the things you enjoy. That's what we've done with the podcast. Yeah. Because I remember when we started, I was like, uh, I remember when we started, because I wanted to do a podcast over lockdown. Yes. And I remember sort of going, what are we going to do a podcast about? A watch along would be fun. And then I was like, what do I want to watch loads of episodes of? And I couldn't think of anything. And at the time, I didn't really want to watch all of Doctor Who. Do you not? Nah. I was like, oh, we'll just do Doctor Who because I can talk about it and I know enough about it. Yeah. God. But then I've sort of learned to really love it again. I'm thinking back to like those early episodes, 
I know I'm, this is like not like episode helpful. one. I made a joke about Tom Baker dying whilst we were recording the episode. He's still he's still kicking. <laughs> still here. <laughs> I, I, I'm not I'm not the kind of person to you know. This is probably bad for a channel, but God, those I'm bad in those early episodes. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> bad. I waffle so much. I'm trying. Great. I'm trying so hard to sound intelligent <laughs> and to sound like I have something meaningful to say, and I just step over myself so much. <laughs> No, I, I enjoy it. Hopefully, we get some guests on. Yeah. I saw um, I can't remember the name, but there was it was MCM London, which is like their Comic Con. Okay, and there was a Doctor Who podcast doing a panel there. Okay, and they had a um, friend of the show Dominic Martin on there. Who was oh to, yeah, Dominic. He appeared as a little guest, and I was yeah. like, oh, that looks so much fun. Yeah, so I'd like to do something like that's. I think we've sort of spoken about it casually that we'd like to do. A panel or something. Yeah, I mean, not I like not like as an ego thing. No, but just to talk to other people. Yeah, go, to what engage. Do you think of this? <laughs> yeah, to engage with the fan base a bit more directly. Yeah, cool. Anything else, Harry? Um, do you want to shout out all the social media stuff? Yeah, we are on YouTube, Spotify when it's working, Acast when it's oh, it's Acast working. Yeah, Acast is working. iTunes when it's working. I'm guessing they're both fixed now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are both fixed now. So we're on all of those. We have a Twitter. We have an Insta. We don't have a Facebook because who you would follow? Facebook. <laughs> I use Facebook for memes. Yeah, that's it. Followers on Twitter is usually the best one. Yeah. Instagram is quite good for when we want your suggestions and stuff. Yeah. Twitter, we usually use that for polls and fill little facts and stuff like that. Yeah. Good fun. It's good also, fun. Also, on YouTube, we use the community thing, which is where you can put little Oh, the community in. tab. Yeah, yeah, we recently unlocked that because of subscribers and stuff like that. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Nice. So go and check that out. Um, next week, Doctor Who Flux Series 4 talk and stuff. And... Specials ranking. Yes. And the five doctors. Yes, the five doctors. Because it's the anniversary next week, isn't it? It is 58 years old. 58 years. It's almost as old as my dad. He's as old as my dad. Wow, really? Which my dad hates. I would say he's as old as Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) Which he hates. So uh, I'll say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Harry, do you want to say goodbye? No, Tim. I don't want to go. Make sure you subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.